You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where every instrument is portable. At the top of the hour this hour, a barbershop songwriting contest. The Sweet Adelines are having a songwriting contest with nine different prizes, ranging from $250 to $2,500. Songs don't need to be barbershop, but they must be a cappella and can be submitted in three categories. Contestable arrangements for barbershop tunes that meet the established judging criteria, full arrangements for any full a cappella arrangement, and a category for melody and lyrics only. You don't have to be a Sweet Adelines member to submit, and the deadline for entry is in May, so Head to the Sweet Adelines site to learn more. It's at sweetadelines.com. There, you can download the full guidelines and even some helpful tips. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, here on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. Today, I am joined by a former guest on the show and the sister of one of my best friends in the world, Miss Katie Simon. Katie, thank you for coming on the show once again. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we had a really fun episode the last time Katie was on, uh, like seven or eight episodes ago, where we talked about sexism in acapella. And it was really fun. And I think a lot of people responded to it because it's an issue that, besides being like mocked in Pitch Perfect, isn't talked about in a lot of settings in as maybe as in-depth a way as it should. So Katie, that was a great episode. I'm glad to have you on again. Uh, Today we're going to talk about ICCAs uh, because it's competition season and there is always a story with every group, whether it's about getting started, competitions, auditions, there's always something unique about each group we have on and their story with a different component of acapella culture. So I'm super excited to talk about this. Katie, uh, for people who didn't hear the last episode, can you just tell them a little bit about who you are and your acapella history? Yeah, sure. So I'm Katie. I'm from Corvallis, Oregon, and I went to Go school Bees. at the University. Oh, no. I know, I know. But you're from Corvallis. <laughs> I'm from Corvallis, but it was I was the about same thing to with say... your brother. He always wears all the UO gear, but <laughs> That's he. Because... But you're from Corvallis. I know, I know. I, know. I need to get past that. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. But yes, I went to the University of Oregon, so also go (laughs) Ducks. And I was in the all-female acapella group Divisi um, for Mm -hmm. three years while I was down there. Does it ever bug you that Divisi, the all-girl group at U of O, is like only two letters different than the all-girl group at at Oregon State? The VC divine because I always I, I always get them mixed up. I mean I know which one is which, but when I just say it out loud, I'll say them interchangeably. Yeah, so like which is from which school? Yeah, um, it doesn't bother me per se because <laughs> I love to see girl groups everywhere. And you're an so. adult who can control her emotions also and is a functioning that. human being. That's always yes. good, uh, Katie. So today. ICCAs. They're everywhere right now. Groups are getting ready. Well, ideally, Uh they've been getting ready for a while. They've submitted their stuff back in October, I want to say. And now we're starting to see everything kind of come on about. So I'd love to talk today about your kind of individual story with Divisi, not Divine, Divisi, (laughs) going through the ICCAs while you were there. Because I think there's so much we can glean from each group's kind of situation in this kind of cornerstone of acapella. 
Yeah, everyone goes through a totally different process, I think, to prepare for the ICCAs. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Preparation. How, when you got in the group, and because how long were you in the group? Uh, one year I or two I was in the years? group for three years, actually. And you went to the semifinals, right? Yeah, so my final year in the group, we decided to compete. We hadn't competed oh, the previous Oh, did you not years. compete the previous two years when you were no, in it? Oh, because no, I feel like the VC is well known for like competing now. They try to compete as often as they can, but... The thing with competition, as most groups will know when they compete, is that it is a ton of work to get ready. And the yeah. year that you decide to compete, that's your commitment. That is what you're able to do as a group. And unfortunately, things like recording or, you know, PR, any other or touring. things that you want to accomplish with your acapella group will be a lot more difficult if you're competing in the ICCAs. Let's talk about that for a second, actually, because I think that's a really important point because so I sat down with each of the members of my acapella group, Mountain Horns at CSU, the all tenor bass group. And I asked each of them, what do you want out of the group this year? Because it was our first year as a large group. It had been five members the semester before in the spring, and it didn't really get off the ground that well. It was fine, had a pretty good sound, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like a real group, frankly, even if we had cool t-shirts. So when talking with all of the guys for the um, new iteration of the group, which was 13 members, the big thing they said was we want to be a part of campus culture and be really well known and kind of establish ourselves um, in a really strong way. And no one mentioned competition. No one mentioned, yeah, we really want to do the ICCAs or whatever, um, or any kind of acapella competition. And I think that says something about sometimes you kind of have to choose between more uh, broader goals that could uh, result in a lot of different uh, benefits for your group, like performing a lot locally or creating partnerships and stuff and being able to follow through on those. Whereas competition, like like you just said, that is everything. So then I can understand why some groups might feel kind of like, well, we want to actually become a part of our community or we have these goals this year that are separate from competition. And it can feel like, I bet, a real clash sometimes. Yeah, it is, because you really have to make the decision as a group to come up with the goal of whatever you want to accomplish that year. And there mm -hmm. are so many other things involved with acapella outside of competing that are amazing to participate in, like recording an album. That's yeah. what that's what was taking place the first couple of years in the group. They had recorded an album and we were working really hard to get that album, you know, to come into place and to Absolutely. be finalized so we could start selling it. And it's a huge time commitment, a financial commitment, all of that. And then ICCAs is, you know, a whole other thing because, again, you have to spend the whole year or the whole time preparing yeah. for quarterfinals working on the same set over and over and yeah. over and just drilling and learning your choreo and hitting your marks and making sure everything is perfect. And that takes time away from, you know, a lot of other things that could be happening. Yeah, I think it's really important for groups to sit down and have a clear goal. And that can be a little tricky when you realize, hey, there's only so much time we have together in rehearsal. There's only so many things we can do outside of it. It can sometimes be a little disheartening if you're not able to do it all, record an album, go on a big tour, compete. But I mean, I think that's the reality. And I think regardless of what a group chooses to do, as long as you commit fully to an overarching goal for the year as a whole, that's great. I know I've been in groups where I wasn't sure exactly how to lead and we kind of just went through the year and it was fine. Um, but there wasn't a clear like, what is our like almost our thesis statement for the group mm -hmm. and what are we trying to get out of it? So I think it's really admirable for the groups who do decide, hey, 
this kind of singular thing here, competing at the ICCAs, that is almost pretty much everything here. And whatever we do kind of has to feed back into that. We're doing a performance because I know UO does all those, um, what do you call it, Friday shows or whatever mm-hmm. where all the acapella groups perform. I'm sure you guys performed your ICCA stuff there. And I'm yeah. sure that was a great place to practice that stuff as you got ready. So it's, I think, kind of the point of this is that you need to kind of choose a goal and you need to stick with it and you need to constantly reinforce that throughout the year and something like competitions is a really overwhelming and scary and probably really stressful Mm -hmm. uh, pursuit so let's now that we've kind of framed the whole thing let's dive into that what was it like Katie preparing for the ICCAs it I don't even know if it was (laughs) I have a hard time explaining it. What if you were just like, actually, I was pretty easy, you know. Right, it was no big deal at all. Like, we (laughs) We just learned it and it was fine. No. (laughs) Um, It was really difficult because it's hard. So when you make the decision to compete, there will always, no matter what, be a couple members of the group who are reluctant, I think. Yeah. Because of just the whole idea of competing. It's nerve-wracking. Like, you're putting everything out there. I mean, it sounds super silly, like acapella competition is so scary but it is it's really scary and really stressful and so you do want to be as prepared as you can so you know first step selecting your music Mm -hmm. that is the biggest battle i think because you want to choose songs that are going to be hard hitting and really like showcase the group and be exactly what you want to put out on the stage but then they also need to be something that speaks to the audience and to the judges and it's a big decision. Wide appeal, but focusing on a specific skill set. I think exactly. that's the thing. Well, not yeah. while also being unique and not yeah, not derivative of another group. Yep. You know, that's what we all saw in Pitch Perfect. Is they don't like the cliche. They want yeah. like they. <laughs> I mean, if there is <laughs> everyone anything, wants it to be different. That's that's a good point, and I'd imagine uh, that was definitely something that came up for my group last year. Not just in competition, but just in choosing or not in competition, but just in choosing our songs. Our songs were our like main five. We had uh, an arrangement uh, for Emma by Bon Iver, kind of like our ballad song. Uh, we had an oldie with Come Go, Come and Go With Me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then we had, what else? Uh, Interlude One by Alt-J, uh, an original tune called Dark Place by our good friend Duncan Toomey, great friend of the show who has been on many a time, an arrangement of Dornishman's Wife from Game of Thrones, um, that you just hear briefly in one episode. And each of those songs has a very specific kind of strange, not strange, but uh, kind of unconventional origin. And while they were super fun and they resulted in a really varied set, those might not translate as well to competition because they you need to have such specific, like we need to show off this, 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 and it has to be in like a super presentational format as, a, as opposed to maybe explorative, which is kind of what, our set was and that's that again goes back to that dichotomy of building the group or putting the group out there in competition Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that just the overall decision to I mean hopefully if there's a group competing they have at least a couple of members who have done a competition before Mm -hmm. because that really helps in the preparation process but they'll be the ones who know that when you're on that stage putting it all out there if the audience is responding to you you're going to do you know, a hundred times better than you would yeah. if they're just, you know, blank face because they have no idea what you're doing. So absolutely. So it's when a big you, decision. Yeah. For sure. So when you chose uh, your set, what were some of the parameters in terms of like, um, did you choose songs that were popular at that time? Did you choose songs that 
weren't popular? Were there certain kinds of songs you avoided? And what were the things you were trying to show off? That was just four questions. That's not proper interview etiquette, but no. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Okay, here we go. Yeah, so we wanted to choose kind of a broad spectrum of music. We didn't want it mm-hmm. to all fall into one genre or one tempo. That was really important. Yeah, to make or one sure key, that... I bet, as well. Exactly, That's yeah. oh God, that's ugh, I hate it when groups always do like four or five songs in D major and you don't know why, but you're just tired as an audience yeah. member. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap now. <laughs> um, yeah. So we wanted to make sure that the tempo and the keys and stuff were diverse enough that it kept the set moving and interesting, mm-hmm. but it also has to have a good flow to it. You know, the songs can't just be like, we're going to sing these completely random songs that have no connection at all yeah, because no then your performance is going to get confused. Yeah. So that was really important. Um, we did want to find a song that was a little more current at the time mm-hmm. as our closer, because we thought that that would be a good way to keep our set going. You, you and we have were a all bit excited of a about element it. to it, a kind exactly. of finale kind of kickoff kind of thing to close it out. That makes sense. Definitely. Um, so then the songs we chose before, we did choose a couple more obscure songs or we, um, we sang, Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai, which was really fun. Virtual Insanity? Uh, yeah. Is that, wait, that's a song? Have you not heard that song? Yeah. I, no, maybe, <laughs> clearly I am okay. not well, cultured. Well, it's, it's an older song. <laughs> okay. I feel elderly now. Um, hey, yeah, no, I'm it's a... <laughs> 25 and I'm the oldest guy in my group, so wait. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not actually. I just realized there's someone older than me. Never. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an older song. So we, we did have an interesting kind of flow because then we um, sang a more obscure song called Black and Gold. Oh, I love Black and Gold. I yeah, love Black and, and Gold by um, uh, Danny something or who, who's it by? Oh, I wish I remembered. Wait, I can I'm going to check it. It's okay. It's I, I always rock out to Black and Gold. That's one of my it's favorites. It's a really good song. Yeah. Danny Litchfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boom, boom, exactly. Boom, boom. Yeah. It, that was a super fun song. And so a little more obscure, but still going with kind still of the, hits the groove kind of ideas that we were going with. That yeah. you want. It's even though it's more obscure, like... I think a lot of people can just say, oh, we want something well-known or we want something people haven't heard of. Like you can do something people haven't heard of that still does things that audiences will respond to that you might see in a popular song, like a good beat or like kinetic rhythms, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And actually I misspoke. We sung, so we sung Virtual Insanity during quarterfinals and we sung Black and Gold during our gotcha. semifinals because we wanted to switch it. We were like, we want to change it up and totally. do exactly have that feeling of, groove but with a little little more flair to it yeah absolutely um and then cosmic love by florence and the machine was our second song you know beautiful ballad really powerful really got us into our emotional state and then we closed it with wings by little mix which at the time was a new song (laughs) now Uh it's like a throwback yeah and i see some people talk about how they really want to do songs that like came out super recently i remember um, I can't remember when Coldplay's Paradise came out or that or mm-hmm. Milo's Zylato. I'm pretty sure it was 2011 or 2012. And I know a group that just like performed it like three or four months after the album dropped. And there was something very cool about, oh, wow, this just came out. And they must have just like heard this song and immediately arranged it. There's a sense of cutting edge. Was that something you guys might be going for with that last one? That was what we were hoping for. We wanted something because we were doing songs that maybe were less known. And we also, it's surprisingly difficult to find an acapella group, a a song for an acapella female arrangement. Yeah. That isn't ballady or like 
I don't even know, sort of dark and gloomy. We wanted it to just be like upbeat. We wanted to have fun. We wanted our choreo to be really dancey. Just something that was going to leave an impression. And so that song, when it came out, we were like, this is great. It's not super well known yet. Little Mix was still kind of a European group. But then you get to make it your own. Because if it's like, if that's the first time, like the judges or the audience have heard that song acapella, that gives you like, I'm sure a big boost. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't actually know much about <laughs> how the judges perceive that. I don't know. But I don't know either. I should have a judge on at some point. That would be really good. Yeah. I have some suggestions for you. I'll give them to okay, you. Okay, we'll talk about okay. that. Cool. Um, but no, I, I'd imagine if it's something brand new, it just has a different kind of energy. It's like, okay, uh, I remember apparently um, when one of our people from Akaville was at a, it was at, I think he was at a semifinal or quarterfinal, the song that came up like two or three times, surprisingly, and this was before it was memed, was uh, All Star by Smash Mouth. And it kind of came up multiple times. And I have to imagine when you're in that kind of situation, it's like, it's not like, oh, hey, here's Smash Mouth. It's, okay, let's hear this arrangement of Mm -hmm. Smash Mouth's All Star. And And then you will immediately compare it to whatever awesome arrangement or bad arrangement you heard before. So a song that they haven't heard, uh, that definitely gives you uh, they'll interpret it and respond to it in a different way that you kind of get a control and kind of own the impact it makes. Yeah. And chances are there will not be another group singing the same song. Yeah. So. It, yeah. That's yeah. That yeah, helps. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. sure that's an entire plot point in one episode of Glee. Like someone, they sing, some other group sings the same songs they do. Yeah. And then they're like, well, <laughs> guess we can't do anything now. Right. Guess we just quit. So you chose those songs, uh, Wings, uh, cosmic love black and gold and then uh, slash virtual insanity and mm-hmm. how was the rehearsal process for putting those together because i'm sure it is stressful i get stressed mm-hmm. out when we're just working on songs just for a performance in the town square so i have to imagine uh for the icca quarterfinals and just for that like video submission thing you have to do that that's uh, that definitely sounds like a draining and but still engaging process it, yeah, it's really difficult, especially because you do need to make the decision that you're going to compete pretty early on in the school year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of new girls coming in that year. We had a pretty big turnover in the group that year. So mm-hmm. not only did we need to decide on an ICCA set and submit it in the video recording, mm-hmm. we also had to learn other songs because you still have to perform every Friday and the newer girls need to learn kind of our standards and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have a ton of time right off the bat to just drill and drill and drill our ICCA set before we had to submit the video. Luckily, I think like there's a really high chance that you're going to get a spot in the quarterfinals (laughs) if you submit a video because they have so many of them. There's a lot now and there's more Mm -hmm. than there were before, if I'm correct. So that's, I mean, that's great because all groups have a chance then to just kind of put it out there and more than the chance to perform, but to perform and get feedback, I imagine. Exactly. I think that's really important to all groups and collegiate acapella, you know, to have a chance to hear what professionals have to say. Yeah, exactly. Because I think it can be super easy for groups to be in their own kind of bubble and be and judge themselves based on their popularity only on campus or only on the opinions of musicians on campus and not get exposed to the wider world of acapella i know yeah even just even though there weren't like a ton of acapella people in tacoma i would bring people who weren't from campus to work with us or were from seattle just to get more voices and more um ideas kind of thrown at us and then that 
that gives you such easy goals to work towards for the next year. Mm -hmm. Outside perspective is always amazing. Absolutely. So in this rehearsal process with all these new people, what was the biggest challenge you found? The biggest challenge was trying to find our sound as a group right off the bat. Yeah. You know, there's there's always when there are new voices coming in, new blends need to be figured out, mm-hmm. parts, voice parts need to be figured out. So, you know, I jumped around on parts a lot when I was in the group. I never yeah. really sung one consistent line. Mm-hmm. But when you're in competition and when you're really needing to focus on an arrangement, everyone needs to know that line, their part to a T, mm-hmm. like perfectly so we really wanted to make sure that everyone's voice fit the line that they were assigned to so we didn't have to do a ton of rearranging and jumping around on parts yeah um and then yeah just finding the sound as a group finding our blend singing enough together that we Mm -hmm. had a cohesive sound was really important yeah so katie before we take a quick break in regards to the rehearsals you say knowing it to a t And this is something I always kind of wonder, did it ever feel when you're drilling this stuff, when you're trying to get it absolutely perfect, did it ever feel like you risked or the group risked getting kind of almost mechanical in the sense of like, you know, there's, I hate that line from Glee where they're like, we're best when we're loose, when they're like learning brand new music, which is... You really know Glee well. (laughs) I know the first season. I thought it was was pretty good. And then I got, I wrote a paper on it actually about how it influenced acapella. Um... Yeah, so it did it ever feel like it reached that point where it was almost not unnatural, but like that it had been hammered in so much that maybe I uh, got stiff or issues started to arise? Or how do you keep the musical expression and the kind of heart of it, even though when you're putting it in kind of this pressure cooker and trying to make it like absolutely perfect? It's difficult, definitely, because mm-hmm. you want to learn the music. That's you know, the first priority is to learn the music super well so that it is sort of second nature and you can sing it with the musicality and the dynamics that you need. Mm -hmm. And then we did have to dial it back and say, how are we now going to make sure we keep the emotion in this performance? Because it is really easy, especially when you're nervous on stage to just go into autopilot. Muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. And just be like, okay, I'm here, I'm singing. And yeah. Yeah. You just have to, you have to take two two different components and just make sure that both are really, really well ingrained. But the music definitely was the first priority to yeah, us. I don't think at the can... end of the day, you want it to sound good. Yeah. That's the important part. And then the performance can be added on a little bit later. Yeah. The kind of more natural elements, the kind of uh, heart or expression. Um, Cause that's something I always have kind of worried about in wanting to take a group to the ICCA is like, Oh, are we just going to, um, because I come from a, you know, I'm getting my master's in choral music education. It can be very easy to be like kind of a choral, uh, choral corrector instead of a choral director where you're just fixing issues and you're not thinking about the expression or the impact or the kind of emotional resonance of those pieces. So I, I think it's, it sounds like you have to keep both of those ideas, emotional resonance and, um, you know, technical perfection, essentially you you have to recognize those as two kind of sides of the same coin when you're approaching ICCAs because I bet it can be really easy to go one way or the other and I've seen in the quarterfinals I've attended like wow this was super technically accurate but really didn't leave an impact or wow they were really emoting but they clearly didn't put in the they didn't woodshed the notes as much or stuff like right. that right yeah yeah for us the emotional performance was where having kind of outsider's perspective was really beneficial yeah, yeah. um because the music you know 
everyone in the group is musical. That's why they're there. They can read music. They can understand dynamics. And that as a group, we were pretty okay at working on. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have a good friend of the group, Courtney Jensen, who is like phenomenal in her ability to emote. She's a machine. She is incredible. And she has probably been one of the most helpful people in DeVisi's competition history. She, you know, she comes in, she drills with us, and she just finds a way to really bring out the performance from people that I have not seen other people do. She's incredible. So we were really lucky to have her come and help us out with our performance. Um, And yeah, after the music, after we got the music in place, we were able to kind of drill in a little bit more and... Um, one of the things that was really helpful to our group too was coming up with words for each song. So a mm. word for each song that was the feeling we were trying to create as a group. Yeah. You know, Again, coming back to a unifying point for something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Black and gold. We were like, oh, we can be fierce, and uh-huh. for wings we can be sassy, and for cosmic love we can be. I don't want to say sad because that's not the word <laughs> we came up with. <laughs> it was deeper than that. But no, you know, right. just having a unifying it. word so that we all could kind of focus on that during the performance was also really helpful. Absolutely. So everyone, we're going to take a quick break here on Talk Appella. We're going to listen to one of the songs we've been talking about, uh, Virtual Insanity by DeVisi, author album Shots Fired. We've been talking with Katie Simon all about the ICCAs. And when you get back, we're going to talk about what it's like being up there on stage and the very overwhelming and frankly scary experience that can be. So we're going to be right back here on Talk Appella. And here's Virtual Insanity by DeVisi. Well, it's a wonder man can need at all When things are big that should be small Who can tell what magic spells will be doing for us And I'm giving all my love to this world Only to be told that I can't see I could slip the cyclic ties that earthly men has made And now every mother can choose the color Of a child that's not nature's way Well that's what they said yesterday There's nothing left to do but pray I think it's time I found a new religion Whoa, it's so insane to synthesize another strain Oh, 
Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where every instrument is portable. Hey everyone, Michael Wingate here with another segment of Beatbox Corner on Talkapella with Acaville. So this week is going to be a short tutorial. I'm going to talk about the throat kick. <laughs> so basically. It's the heartbeat sound. A lot of people already make this sound, um, and you can intersperse it between sounds to make fills or to do uh, some more like uh, electronic or EDM type uh, sounds and beats. So um, basically, you're just going to like cough. So, <clears throat> but you're going to like keep it more down in your throat. This one is a very hard sound to explain. But most people already know it, so I'm sure that you can fiddle around and find the placement. The I'm sure you can find that placement very easily. You can also try saying the word it, it, it. So just try to keep that sound down in your throat and pulsate it, and that's how you make the throat kick. So what I use the sound for is to put it in between sounds to give it more of a fill, to give it more uh, complexity. So I'll put it in between my snares during a build or something like that. So for example, as you can hear in between each snare, there's a throat kick. So it really helps fill out a section. You can also just like, like I said, like using it as more of like an EDM section, as more of like, uh, you can use it as like a build, an intro. The sound is very, uh, it's very unique and uh, you can use it in a lot of different ways. So that is all for me today. Uh, thank you very much for listening and I hope this helped. I'm Michael Wingate. This has been Beatbox Corner and I will see you all next week. See ya. And welcome back to Tacapella. Hey everyone, we've been talking today with Katie Simon, an alumnus, I think that's the right version of that word, from DVC today from University of Oregon. It's been super fun talking with her all about the ICCAs. We just talked a ton about preparation, how to get ready for the ICCAs, what it was like for DVC to balance between being accurate and being expressive, and what it's like when you have new people in the group and you want to compete, and how you choose 
the journey you kind of want to put your group on at the beginning of the year, whether that's touring, competition, recording, et cetera, et cetera. And so now we're going to talk more about the actual performing process of when you're on the stage at the quarterfinals, at the semifinals, what that is like. Uh, so Katie, just just rattle it off. What, what was it like being up there on the ICCA stage? And where did you perform for the quarterfinals? Where did that take place? The quarterfinals um, that we performed in were at the Holt Center in Eugene. Okay, cool. Um, I think that maybe was the last time they were held at the Holt Center, which I don't know if anyone has been to the Holt Center, but it is a massive auditorium. It is huge. Did they and fill it with the audience? They didn't. I think that's why they ended up not <laughs> yeah, having they're like, yeah, we don't want people to feel... People like acapella, but like, <laughs> let's not go crazy. Yeah. So Katie, what was it like performing at the ICCAs? It was simultaneously the most horrifying experience and also really exhilarating and exciting because you've worked so hard. By that Mm -hmm. point, you've been working for months and months and months on the same three songs, drilling your choreo, trying to prepare, and this is it. That is the moment that you have, and you only have those 12 minutes on stage to wow everyone. And so it's Mm -hmm. nerve-wracking. I mean, it's a huge auditorium, and... But then, you know, you start watching the show. All of the other groups are so supportive of each other. Oh, that's nice. It's probably, yeah, it's probably like the least competitive competition I've ever seen. It's not like Pitch Perfect where they have like it's... the little standoffs like backstage and say like, you're losers or whatever. And like, there's this scary German woman from the second one. It's not like that. No. Oh, no. that's nice. I, I mean, that would be kind of entertaining. But yeah. also, you know, <laughs> everyone's there to have fun. That's the beauty of acapella is that everyone's there. And it's it's a weird thing. Like, no one can deny that acapella is like its very own silly little Oh, yes. Acapella is a whole, definitely. Yeah. And so it's like you get there, though, and it's just like everyone's super supportive. Everyone's ready to compete. Everyone's nervous. You know, everyone wants to do their best. But it's so it's a positive environment no matter what. That's really cool because I wouldn't expect that. Maybe that's just from what I've seen on Pitch Perfect and I've never done an ICCA. Yeah, but... I think Pitch Perfect makes <laughs> the ICCA is a different kind of reputation. Yeah. Okay, so it's a positive environment. You feel like, where did you guys go in the order? Were you the very first or very last? And Because I'm not we... sure. I think one of those is supposed to be like, you want to be either near the end or near the beginning. I can't remember which one. Yeah, I think the end is the ideal. Everyone okay. kind of wants to be towards the end. Um. When we did quarterfinals, I think we were pretty much right in the middle. I think we were maybe the third or fourth group that went. And how many and, other groups were there? Ooh, I think there were 10. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think there are usually about 10 groups. So it was, you know, kind of in the middle, but we were feeling very confident. Mm-hmm. We felt really great about our set. We had w- put a lot of work into it. And it was exciting. It was exciting to get on stage. And all of us are in acapella for the performance part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the best part is the exhilaration of getting to perform for other people. So, yeah, that part was great. But you are nervous. I mean, no matter what, people mm-hmm. are critiquing you on all of these different categories. We don't get to see the judges' score sheets beforehand, so we don't oh, yeah. really know exactly what categories are being judged mm-hmm. on unless you've done the ICCAs before. And you, yeah. you know you know they're going to be judging on musicality and you know intonation and all of that stuff, and also choreography is a big part of it, um, professionalism. They just have all of these different levels that they're judging you on. Yeah. 
And that's scary because you're like, ooh, are we ready? Are we falling into all of these categories? Um, But the actual performance, we felt really great about it at quarterfinals. You know, we got off the stage and we're all really excited and hugging and yay. (laughs) Because (laughs) it's fun. It's really, really fun to compete. Absolutely. So for people who are getting ready for the ICCAs, who get up there and get on the stage, what's something uh, they might not expect when they're up there? What's like a feeling or something that happens when you're up there? Um, Definitely a common theme that I felt and the group felt and I've heard from other groups as well is that you just kind of black out. Okay. (laughs) You are just like, you are kind of an autopilot and you, you know, it's really nerve wracking and you just kind of forget what happened, but you're very excited about it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting blackout, but okay. <laughs> Maybe I should choose a different word. No, that's, um, that's, <laughs> you've said it now. <laughs> it's, it's there. Um, yeah, I don't, not blackout, but you just, it's very overwhelming. You. That's where probably that I, muscle memory, you're really glad yeah, you have all that. I feel like, exactly. And I feel like it's easy when you get off the stage to be like, what just happened? <laughs> Okay. But you were excited about it. It's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Okay. So then um, <laughs> the songs you performed at the quarterfinals, what were those again? Um, we performed Virtual Insanity, Cosmic Love, and Wings. And did you feel that, that all three of those went well and that they, they kind of made the impact that you wanted to make? For the most part. I think that going into quarterfinals, we were as prepared as we probably could have been for that time. Mm-hmm. But after the performance and reviewing it back i think we did find some issues that we were like oh yeah that's something we could have definitely worked on a little bit more mm-hmm. you know and especially you know when everyone's moving and your choreo is really flowing and you know it's hot on stage there's stage lights <laughs> you're sweating your intonation that. will get off a little bit and so just little things that you know we felt like we could have tweaked looking no, totally. back on it but at the time it felt really great The other super nerve-wracking thing about competing is that the judges hold up time cards at three minutes and at one minute. And so from the stage, when you see that three-minute warning, you're like, oh, no, do we have enough time? Even though you've timed it, we've done it over and over again. And, you know, you have 12 minutes. And if you go over time, you get deducted a whole bunch of points. So that's a really stressful part. That's stressful. So then didn't uh, how, how did you place in the quarterfinals? We got first at the quarterfinals in Eugene. Hey, that's what I figured. It was super fun. That was, oh, what a treat. That was such a good moment to hear our names. We were all like crying. It was so fun. Yeah. What was that like when you found out you got first? We were thrilled. I mean, if you put that much work into something, no matter what the outcome is rewarding, you know, you got to quarterfinals, you got to compete with other groups, but it's also really fun to win. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> we were all, we were all really true. excited. Yeah. Right. Um, really excited. Lots of tears, lots of happy girl cheers and, um, happy girl, happy girl. Cheers. <laughs> um, yeah, it was super fun. We also, I believe our vocal percussionists took home the outstanding vocal percussionist oh, nice. award at the quarterfinals. Yeah. Oh, so we that were must all, feel really validated. Yeah. I'm sure. Really, really proud of her. And it, it just, yeah. Winning is really fun. I won't lie about that. It's a good feeling. <laughs> well, that's good. And I think that's that's really nice that um, people can listen to, hey, this is like we followed this experience and we worked really hard and we struggled and we reached this point. And it's like it's not a process designed to make anyone feel bad. It's a process designed to reward the people that put in the effort and that have that 
edge, whatever that may be when they're on stage. So Katie, that's all pretty freaking cool to hear about this journey from getting a new group, uh, lots of turnover and ending up the winners of the quarter finals. Thank you so much for talking with us about that today. We're going to take one more quick break. We're going to hand it over to Amanda Tran for her segment, Notable Coverage. And then we're going to wrap it up here on today's episode of Tacapella. And we're going to be right back. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about. Hey everyone, Amanda Tran here, and I'm your host to Notable Coverage, here only on Tacapella, where I basically spill the tea on some of the most covered songs in the acapella world and let you know what some of my favorites are. This week, we're going to take a listen to Lovells, originally performed by Nick Jonas. That name probably sounds familiar because he was in the Jonas Brothers. Now, first of all, all the hype aside, they were an underrated band. And if you were an educated fan of these guys, you would know that Nick Jonas was the backbone of this establishment. Don't at me. Um, His undeniable boy band heartthrob charm and just innate ability to write some of the catchiest pop tunes in his time calls for it to be arranged acapella, right? Um, Levels was legit in every 2016 ICCA set and or album that was released around that time. The contagious beat, the pop soulful verses, the power choruses, super catchy bass riff, and the ranginess of the song makes it a no-brainer for any collegiate arranger. Now, this first one we're going to take a listen to is by The Originals. They are from Carnegie Mellon University, and they had this as their 2016 ICCA set opener, which got them second place in the finals. I thought they should have gotten first, as it was one of the most creative sets I've ever seen, um, arrangement-wise and choreography-wise. It was so artistic and really just a set that I've never really seen been done on the ICC stage. So definitely check the video out. Um, now, I'm a sucker for some good sound effects and auxiliary, and the intro of Levels is honestly non-human. It's insane. They perform the song with such intensity and intention, and you really have to watch the choreography that goes with it, because it is a complete experience that you really need to have if you haven't already had it. So here is Levels by The Originals. through the deep YouTube hole and Spotify search of the best levels versions done in the acapella style. I, of course, had to pick the SoCal Vocals. They featured levels on their 2016 LP Vocabulary, another pun there, which I very much appreciate. Um, Their version is super clean and really just high quality and you expect nothing less of these guys. Um, They are from USC. If you didn't already know that, definitely check out all their other records and their 
incredible ICCA sets because they won all of the ones they've competed in. Um, but yeah, this one is so fun. So there's just so much audacity in the performance and the soloist kills it. The ensemble is always sounding top notch and you really can't go wrong with these guys. So here we go. Whoa, walking up on the ceiling, dancing up on the wall. You and that drug you're dealing, sure against the law. All this heat keep rising, make you stop, drop, and roll. I'm bottling up that lightning, supernatural. Let them go, all the ones trying to get in the door. I'ma go where they all couldn't go. And there you have it. Levels originally performed by Nick Jonas. Now, if there's any other versions out there that you think I should have touched on, definitely at me on any social media. My handle is at Amanda Tran Rocks. That's Amanda Tran R-O-C-K-S. Thanks so much for tuning in this week on Notable Coverage, and I hope to see you again next time. Bye, guys. So high you can't reach us. Give a high five for Jesus. Listening to community supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats.
Sending big waves into motion Like how a single word can make a heart open I might only have one match But I can make an explosion This is my fight song Welcome back to Tacapella. This is your host, John Lampus, here on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show today. I had the distinct pleasure of talking with Katie Simon, an alumnus from DeVisi, all about her journey and her group's journey of winning the ICCA quarterfinals. Katie, if people want to, or Katie, thank you again so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. Katie, if people want to see what you're all about, what DeVisi is all about, how could they do that? So if you are interested in talking to me, I'm always happy to talk about acapella. You can email me at katiesimon29 at gmail.com. Um, but you should definitely check out Davisi. They are U-O-Davisi, D-I-V-I-S-I. And that's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much every social media you can find them. It's always really nice when you have the same handle for Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, because I've seen people who don't, and they kind of like, blah, 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 blah. That that's, it can be Takes probably <laughs> pretty frustrating. <laughs> Exhausting. Uh, and everyone, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at John Lampus, J-O-H-N-L-A-M-P-U-S. And more importantly, you can find Acaville Radio on everything with the handle Acaville Radio, A-C-A-V-I-L-L-E-R-A-D-I-O. And that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Tacapella. We're going to hand it over to Greg Starr for his segment of Greg's Take, where he answers your listener questions. Uh, Please feel free to send him some more. He always loves reading them, and I'm going to hand it over to him right now. Katie, thank you again so much for coming on today. It was super fun to have you on for your second episode. And for everything Acapella, please stay tuned. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats. And welcome back to Tacapella. This is Greg's Take, the segment in which I answer your listener questions. So this week we will get through two questions, I promise. We only got through one last week because it was a bit of a doozy. But we'll get through two this time. So we're going to jump right in with this first one, which is what is the best way to handle solo auditions? So I think what's really important with solo auditions is, first of all, a bit of groundwork in advance. And that's, you know, figuring out how you're going to go about deciding the soloist, you know, what you're going to look for in the soloist, and then also who's going to decide. Is it just going to be the people who aren't auditioning, or will the soloists? get to vote for themselves or someone else, and how many votes will each person get. So I think it's important to lay some of the groundwork like that, and also to pick a segment of the song that's representative of the entire song. So if you just pick um, a part of the song that's very high, you know, higher than the rest of the song in terms of pitch, then singers with higher voices might have an advantage, 
and that might not really be representative of how they sound in the rest of the piece. So these are just some things to keep in mind. More importantly, though, I think it's very important for the group to reiterate the idea that results of solo auditions should not be taken personally. If a member of the group tries very hard and doesn't get a solo, it does not mean that they're not good at singing or that they're not a valuable member of the group. It just might mean that the group as a whole was looking for something different in terms of that solo. So I think just reminding people about that is important. And one more thing I would add is that the group should decide whether they want to spread out solos to make sure that everyone or almost everyone who tries out at some point gets an opportunity, or if they want to basically have one, two, or three soloists who get all the solos. Because if a group wants to spread things out a little bit, then maybe if someone who already has a solo or two solos tries to try out for another one, someone could say to the person, hey, you know, let's, let's let someone else have a chance. One last thing about it is to keep in mind that nerves will be running pretty high, a lot of tension. So just try and keep a positive atmosphere during solo auditions and try and make them as low-key as possible, I would say. The next question is, how can I get my group members to show up on time? So this is definitely an important one because especially in smaller groups, if someone is late, that means you could be missing an entire part and it's hard to rehearse you know, with parts missing. So I think one of the best things to do is to establish a policy about showing up on time very early on, making it a very clear expectation of the group from the beginning. And if you do have members that are showing up late, I think it's really important to talk to them, to not delay on that, to get right on them and say, hey, you know, we can't rehearse effectively if we have people missing. So we need you to show up on time. And if it turns out that you're having a lot of problems in your group with many members not showing up on time, maybe have a group conversation about when to hold rehearsals, because it could be that rehearsals are taking place at a time that's really not convenient for people. And if that's the case, then I would say the group would need to have a discussion about what the most convenient time for everyone is, and if it's too late in the day or too early in the day, maybe consider moving it slightly. Find a time that will work the best for everyone, and there's probably no perfect time, but find a time that is at least the most doable for everyone, and if if someone really does have a time conflict, it may just be the case that they won't be able to be in the group that particular semester, but communicate about these issues, about issues of time, communicate the importance of showing up punctually. And that does it for this week of Greg's Take. If you have a listener question you would like me to address next week or at a later time, feel free to email me at gastarr at seattleschools.org or follow me on Twitter at Greg Stars Take. You can also check out Acaville Radio on Twitter. But until next week, take some time to listen to acapella. <laughs>
I'm sorry I 